Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to implore you, don't bury the lead. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't bury the lead. But first, we've got a little housekeeping. This is episode 98, I think, right? Yeah. Can you imagine? Almost two years. (laughs) Waiting for that big 100. Exactly. And speaking of big 100, we have a very special guest lined up for episode 100, and that is Mr. Seth Godin. Yay! I'm so excited about this, Jonathan. Me too. And I've been collecting uh, questions for him for two years, the entire two years that we've been on the show. (laughs) So I I fear that I am going to uh, interrogate him with gotcha journalism uh, when he comes on because I have a a million. What did you mean when you said this on this podcast uh, 18 months ago? And the two of us will try really hard to kind of pare down the list and and make it something that'll be useful for the dear listener. And try not to go too fangirl, fanboy. Exactly. I'm going to. Although we are. Yes. I might have to start off with a quick squee. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we can move on. Anyway, we just want to let you know that uh, before we talked about our topic today, which is not burying the lead. Okay. Do you, how do you spell that? I, is it, it's a major controversy, isn't it? Is this like, is it L-E-D-E or is it L-E-A-D? I think it's L-E-D-E. No, L-E-A-D, the lead. I think, yeah. it's, a, I think it's a newspaper term that's L-E-D-E, but we can, we'll let you figure that out, dear listener. <laughs> Hopefully everyone knows what we're talking about, though, which is that you don't want to save the most important piece of information in whatever your communication is till the very end. That's burying the lead. If you want to, I hate to say hook someone, but if you want to keep someone's attention, you don't want them to bounce off of your website, you know, in under a minute or under 10 seconds. You need to start with what's in it for them. And there's this tendency, I feel like it came from the kind of Simon Sinek start with why school of thought where everyone kind of got permission to obsess over themselves and think about their motivation and their, their backstory and, and all of that, which is fine. It, that's a fine thing to, to be aware of and know, and that's maybe where your mission comes from. And that's great. But in a marketing piece, like a landing page or a homepage or an opt-in form or something where you want the reader to take action, you want them to immediately feel like they're in the right place, that this this place that they landed is for them, it's going to be useful to them in some way, and then they'll keep reading. And, but if you flip it around, so that information is way at the bottom, the odds of you them just bouncing or you losing their attention, whether it's a video or a, a podcast like this or a web page, the odds are just so much higher that like, why are they going to read about, you know, like, oh, my grandpa started the company back in 1775 and we just blah, 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 Well, and let me add one thing to that, Jonathan. There's also the conversations that you have with potential clients and centers of influence. Bearing the lead in the conversation is just as bad an idea when you're having a sales conversation or a new business conversation as it is online. Mm, good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are we here? You know, like what's yeah. the, it's like, you yeah. got me, you got me here. You got me. Now tell me I didn't make a mistake when I'm working <laughs> with students who are really new to marketing and perhaps recently were people who turned their nose up at the concept at all because they're like, ah, oh, that's just pushy, manipulative stuff that people use to make people buy things they don't need. Once there's, so I'm sort of talking them down from that ledge and saying like, no, that's the bad marketing. What we want to do is the good marketing where you immediately are sort of kind 
to this this person who is like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll click on your link, I'll, I'll watch your video, I'll listen to your podcast, and immediately let them know that they're in the right place with what I call heck yeah questions. If you know that your ideal buyer, your target reader, your uh, audience that you're trying to set alight with this big idea, if you know what their pain is and you can just say, hey, do you have this pain? Like that's the headline. Hey, don't you hate when your printer runs out of ink right at the, the worst possible time? Or have you been stuck making the same amount of money for the past 10 years and you don't know what to do next or whatever it is, like whatever thing that you're going to solve farther down the page or farther into the video. Have you ever had a client refuse to send your last payment? Heck yeah. Okay. Now I'm in. Then you can start to say like, you know, maybe some people would say, you know, ex explore the pain a little bit, talk about details and build trust with the readers so that they're like, oh, wow, this person really does understand what it's like to be in that situation. Kind of move on from there and say like, well, you know, here's some things you could do about that. Maybe it's sign up for an email list. Maybe it's listen to the podcast. Maybe it's watch the rest of this video. If you save the heck yeah question or whatever to the very end, it's the odds of them making it that far seem pretty low to me. Yeah, I mean, we were talking in the pre-show about something that recently happened with me where someone was pitching me on something and they wound up sending me a video. It was know, maybe like 20 minutes long, something like that. And the, the hook, the thing that would have really gotten me at the beginning was at the tail end. <laughs> and before all that was this convoluted story about how they got to where they were. And I, I didn't even watch all that. I just put it on fast forward because it was just so incredibly self-indulgent. It wasn't interesting at all. And in fact, it was the opposite. It sort of ticked me off. But then when I got to the point, I went, oh, now I get why this person reached out to me. Why didn't they tell me about this? that hook. And so that person wasted most of the phone call that we had and then sent me this video that if I were a potential client, I mean, there's no way I would have watched through 17 to 18 minutes of their personal stories and their, their one big triumph. It's like, ugh. But the flip side is if they'd led with the lead, they would have hooked me they had a big idea that aligns with with my belief system they could have enlisted me and it mm -hmm. wouldn't it wouldn't have been that hard yeah it's as you were saying that and, and to your point about business communications i get a very similar sort of thing with when people send in questions because i have you know a daily mailing list and i get lots of replies and people ask me lots of questions i put myself out there as someone who answers questions and so i get lots of questions and it's happened less and less because I've talked about this a lot, but a lot of times I'll get this like four paragraphs of like thick, dense paragraphs of backstory. It's like, oh, let me just give you a quick, some quick background. It's like, boom, two pages. And at the end, if they even remember to ask a question, let's just say there is a question at the end. So with all that in mind, how would you have dealt with this client situation or something like that? And here's the problem with that. The main problem with it, just from a practical standpoint, if I had all the time in the world to read every kind of email that comes through, the problem with that is I don't know what to look for in the backstory because I don't know what the question is yet. So it's kind of like going over my head. I'm like, okay, okay. And then this happened. Okay. But I don't yet know what clues I'm looking for until I get to, and then I get to the question. I'm like, oh, I see. And then I have to go back and read it again. 
It's just like that. So if the one thing that that email writer did was say, start with, what would you do in the following client situation? You know, what would you have done in this following sales call or something like that? Then I'd be like, okay, I know what I'm looking for. And then you can go through this, the story and be pulling out clues and, and sort of making mental notes and then saying, oh, okay, all right, here's what I would have done. If you're reading all of the, or if you're hearing, you know, you're watching the 17 minutes of video, you're like, where is this going? Like, what, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Or what's, what is in this for me? Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> well, and I, I think most people wouldn't have watched or even fast forwarded through the whole thing, but I was really curious. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to know, like, and, and not because they created the curiosity. I just couldn't figure out what the message was. And I thought, I want to, I want to know, I want to use this as being instructive, if nothing else. But I want to go back to the what's in it for me or with them, which, you know, back in my, <laughs> back in my big consulting firm days, that's what we always focused on with any kind of communication is what's in it for me, because that's the human condition, right? We all want to know what's in it for us. And so if we do nothing else before a conversation, an email, a point on the website, the way you're restructuring your website is you just ask from your viewer's perspective, what's in it for me? What do they get from this page? Mm. Yeah, I that mean, one exercise, if you do listener, if you look at your website and you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about marketing, you might have a real hard time answer. Hopefully you don't. Hopefully you can answer that. But as you go to each page and you think about the person that you wish was reading it, what's in it for them on this page? Well, and I kind of have that reaction. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but when you think about signing up for emails from different people, everybody has a different approach to this, but there's a, a, a school of thought where the emails don't have a lot of what I would call real meaty content, but there may be about a point of view that the reader has. So they're much more sales oriented. And they're really around getting somebody to do something like, I want you to call me, or I want you to sign up to have a, a no obligation call with me. Right. And, and so you have those kinds of things. And I, I, Jonathan, I'm curious, actually, for your reaction to those kinds of emails. I mean, do you sign up for those where it's, it's like you're having a conversation with them back and forth, but it's not about content, not like yours. Yours is entirely different. I'm talking about the much, much lighter ones where you're, they're basically pushing for an introduction of some sort or a piece of content or a piece of, sorry, uh, something that they're selling, not content, but a sale. Well, you see these ones that are really uh, infomercially that they spend all the time agitating the pain and teasing you that there's a solution, but they never really get around to it, it seems like. And those usually are expressed as extremely long sales pages or multi-day drip campaigns. And it's funny because I'm, you know, I'm aware of it and they work on me. Like I can feel it working on me, but since I'm aware of what's going on, I'm like, forget this. This person is just wasting my time, but I can feel it working on me. I, it's, it's like those, um, like almost on a lizard brain level. It's almost like those, you know, those like somebody sends you a, like a news article and you go to it and then you get to the end and there's some like, you won't believe what these celebrities look like. Yes. Now. <laughs> I click on those sometimes. I, so do I. And I can't, and I'm like, I just, I did it last night. There was a, I'm like, who is that? And the question, I wanted to know so bad. It's like, this 80s star is unrecognizable. And I was like, yeah, I can't tell who that is at all. And now I was like, now I had the question. And I'm like, ugh. And then but what it's happens? it's like page 18 of the yeah. photographs, right? If, it ever, if it's ever in there at all. So, right. 
you it's almost like you it does work it's like the rational part of my brain has to be like dude what are you doing i'm not going to say it's not effective but i don't think it is probably the way that our listeners want to conduct themselves it's like it's not educational you're not really helping anyone you're wasting their time trying to get them into a state of agitation which will cause them to take some action it's a spectrum i mean at a certain point at a certain point all of us no matter how soft about it we want to be or how generous we want to be at a certain point our enemy is the status quo it's not really our competitors your biggest enemy is probably the status quo and that the people who you seek to serve as seth would say are they're like oh, i'll do that tomorrow they procrastinate they don't do this th- they're afraid to make a change they you know the devil they know is yeah, it's, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah, my income has been stuck at roughly the same level for five years, and I don't see any way that that's going to change. But it's, I'm still, I'm getting by just fine. So yes, sometimes you need to challenge them with confidence and say, look, are you ever going to do anything about this? Or are you cool with it? Because if you're cool with it, that's fine. But if you want to do something about it, when are you planning on doing it? I'll get like that, but I feel like I'm doing it in service of them making a transformation that's going to make their life better. Is it pushy? I mean, I have students who think I'm too pushy. They're a softer sell than me. And it's just like, well, we'll just put ourselves out there. And if someone chooses to buy, they choose to buy. If they don't, they don't. I feel a little bit more urgency than that. And like, it's not like one's right and one's wrong. It's a question of like, what are you comfortable with? Like, what do you, what allows you to sleep at night? Well, it's also the, the urgency of your mission. I mean, some people feel it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Back in my consulting days when I was doing software consulting, I did a thing for the Rhode Island Department of Health to help teens quit cigarettes. And I was really pushy about that. It seems like a win, you know, it's like sort of fighting against this villain, which is you could either call the cigarettes or the cigarette companies. And, and the kids wanted to quit, but they couldn't, they all hated cigarettes, they hated smoking, I went to focus groups and talked to them. And they were like, they're like, No, we wish we could quit. We've tried being really pushy in a situation like that where it's real real you know there's a strong mission and and everybody's wants to do the same thing (laughs) so maybe it's contextual depending on how urgent the thing is or how serious you feel about it or how much of your personality is kind of an, an evangelist type of personality i guess it's at a certain point you have to ask yourself personally dear listener like how urgent is this how hard do i want to push to get these people who I'm hoping to help off the couch and with their running shoes on. And maybe I would take this a step further and say, if you bury the lead, you're not exhibiting authority. Yes, I agree with that. I would also say you're not exhibiting confidence. And I would also say you are not exhibiting self-awareness. You're exhibiting like self-centeredness. Now that's interesting. That might get somebody who thinks that they shouldn't be selling off the couch. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is that it's self-centered to keep all this goodness to yourself versus helping your audience, whoever that is, to transform in the way that, you know, you know is is a positive transformation. It's like, oh, you're, you know, you're a dinner, you're a doctor. The guy at the next table is choking on a chicken leg and you're like, "Oh, I don't want to bother him." I don't, want to, I don't want to interrupt. He did, he's not asking for That's help. Perfect. I'm just going to. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, look, you know, the Heimlich maneuver, like your solution will 
save people's lives. Let's just push it all the way to the most extreme. You believe that your solution saves people's lives. It either gets them off cigarettes or it, it gets the chicken bone out of their throat, whatever it is. And you feel no urgency about letting the sufferer know about that. I kind of have to question like whether you really believe it's worthwhile. Where's, where's the passion? Where's that, that drive and real belief in your big idea? Right. Yeah, I've heard people phrase it as um, stealing from people if you don't make them aware of this thing that can uh, improve their well-being, whether it's increased their happiness or their income or both or, you know, whatever. It's almost like, why would you hide that? Why would you keep it from people? And another angle is this is sort of for people who are who feel like, well, I don't want to toot my own horn or I don't want to make claims that I can't back up or whatever. Anyway, I'll get off the soapbox. The idea is to bring it all the way back to the beginning is to say, be aware of of whatever the thing is. Let's say it's a marketing piece, a web page. It's an opt in form for uh, your email course or. Yeah, let's just stick with that immediately. If you manage to get somebody on that page immediately let them know that they're in the right place or that they're in the wrong place and then they can leave and they don't have to like sit through 10 whatever 10 paragraphs oh, 20 page about scroll your why. Mm-hmm. that drives me insane <laughs> yeah that's this that's basically the same as the the incessant infomercial that all just talks about agitates the pain for 45 minutes and then finally at the end or a webinar where they just talk about the pain for 45 minutes and hint that there's a solution it takes confidence and you know you need to to believe in what you're doing you need to believe in the solution that this particular web page let's say offers to the right kind of person and you just start off with like hey do you have this problem and if they're like yeah or, or it doesn't have to be a problem do you wish you could achieve this capture this big opportunity like whatever the aspiration is pain or dream pain or dream exactly and it's like hey are you interested in this? And then it's like either, no, not really. See you later. Or heck yeah. And then, and then you can start to get into it. You know, you start to talk about, yeah, it's a drag that I used to be like that. And and these are these things, you know, here are the things that I noticed, or here's the things my students notice. And then it's like, wouldn't it be cooler if, imagine if all that stuff was gone. Imagine if you did have that rental property. Imagine if you did have a big mailing list. Imagine if you did have these things that you want. And it's like, here's a thing that you can do to move that needle. And maybe it's a seven day email course. Maybe it's a PDF download. Maybe it's a course. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's uh, whatever, whatever it is. But if you start off, if you don't bury the lead and you start off with like, hey, does this sound familiar to you? Do you have this pain? Do you have this problem? Do you have this dream? Yeah, yeah, I totally do. All right, great. Well, this page is going to be talking about that. That's kind of what you're saying. You're like, this page is going to be talking about that. And somewhere on the page, you've got some kind of confident call to action. And this is where it can get, I suppose people could feel spammy instead of having like a learn more or, you know, whatever, just, just say, all right, you know, do the thing that you, here's an opportunity for you to take a step in the right direction. And it's either subscribe now, book a call, set up an appointment, buy now, whatever. Just ask for it. Like the get, make it easy for them to know what the thing is that they could do to address the pain or get closer to the dream. The second we start to cloud all this with other stuff and we lose the clarity, 
And that means that your audience loses the clarity. I, I love that, you know, I call it a line of sight, that straight, clear line of sight from where your reader is starting to where they're ending. And of course, we've talked before about knowing your audience, right? Knowing who you're attracting, what stage they're in, what kind of pain points or dreams they have. Um, but to me, that makes all the difference. It's you just have to be able to be clear. Then you can work on compelling, right? Because <laughs> it's. But if you start with the heck yeah questions, which I love, by the way, I mean, it's just you. each one just kind of pulls them in. And especially if they're from your specific kind of consulting or expertise, and you see this over and over and over again, because you've spent the time to identify the situation, the psychographics of your ideal client. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty close to impossible to do this without knowing who you're targeting, unless you're selling something that's just so mass market, like would you like to have washboard abs or like, would you like to have a financial secure financial future? Like, yeah. Do you want your kids to be smart or dumb? You know, it's like <laughs> you, you can ask, right? Oh, like, dumb. I want these, dumb. <laughs> right. Like every magazine at the checkout line in the grocery store has like those, you know, that's the stuff that basically is probably going to appeal to pretty much everybody that's not bonkers. But if you're doing something much more specific than that, then if you're going to find the language that's appropriate, that's going to connect with the people who you're trying to connect with, you kind of have to pick someone. That's one thing. It's like, if you don't pick the right audience, it'd be really hard to write a page like this and even know what to lead with. And the other thing is a lot of folks, again, who sort of turn their nose up at the idea of, of marketing is that they kind of waffle around the page and they don't want to, they just want to be hazy kind of, and not be bold and use bold language. I'm not saying pushy, but just clear. And, and so they kind of like mush their way down the page and you're just wasting everybody's time. Like there people are reading like, what is going on here? Like, what am I even supposed to understand from this? It's not, it's just like a word salad, just all like jumbled together. doesn't really go anywhere. It's like inhumane to drag people through that kind of. <laughs> well, or put another way, copywriting is a real skill. And, you know, you need to learn if you're a solo and you want to rely on your own copy, you need to really learn how to do it in your voice, your style, but get it clear. Don't worry about it being fancy. Get it clear. Yeah, 100%. Simple. Yeah, because you can always make it punchier, but clarity is where you begin. And, and when I say clarity, I also mean in alignment with your message and your audience. So it's, it's, that's how you develop your voice over time is who you are, what you want to teach. And most importantly is who your audience is. Well put. Do you think we've made our point? <laughs> <laughs> you mean, should we stop beating the hammer now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did it, I hope we didn't bury the lead up at the top. Did we, uh, <laughs> I think we're usually pretty good about that. I hope so. Or, or we're in trouble. Somebody will tell us for sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you hypocrites. <laughs> uh, cool. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the business of authority. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>